0: have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy to slay those who are of upright conduct their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken let's pray father we thank you for your word and we thank you lord that it is here uh, by the power of your spirit to build us up in our faith and we pray father that it would do so we ask you now to glorify yourself as you uh, have us to hear clearly what it is that you want to say to the church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I have a lot of lists today, a lot of numbers. Uh, Five, five, and four. And uh, the first thing I wanted to point out is that there are five people or references to groups of people in this text. First we have the wicked. Then we have the just. Then we have the Lord. Then we have some repetition. But then we have those who are of upright conduct. And we also have the poor and needy. So we have five basically different types of people, different groups of people that are referenced. So now, my first question when I read this text was, when is God referring to people by a different word that are actually referring to the same and are, is he at all? Because, see, you see the wicked, the wicked, you see that a few times, and then, of course, you see the Lord, and then you see he. And so you switch from one person to a pronoun, you, you switch from one description to another, and these three descriptions, are they the same? The just, the poor and the needy, the upright in conduct. And I honestly don't know. I think it could have been very easy for David to have written it to where we would absolutely know that he's just referring to the just and yet if you think about it he could have expanded in verse 14 about what damage the wicked will do in other words the wicked aren't content just to fight against the righteous the wicked fight against everybody They're, everybody's their enemy anybody that's in their way is their enemy and so I have an illustration that I think proves this point and uh, I don't know if you Uh, were around in 1992 many of you weren't Uh, we have a lot of kids here but uh, does the name Rodney King mention it strikes a chord in a lot of us Uh, in April of 1992 I was living in the Bay Area and I was actually unbeknownst to me about to take a new job and move down to Phoenix Arizona and uh, that didn't happen until July but By the time I did go down to Phoenix and I interviewed in L.A. with my company, everybody was talking about the recent riots in L.A. And it was all about this Rodney King, this uh, fellow who drove a a car at high speed. He was drunk and high, and the police finally pulled him over after he had been running away from them for like an hour, and they began to beat him mercilessly. Uh, when you watch the videos you realize that they probably went a little bit too far and yet police it's very difficult sometimes for police to be found culpable for that because their emotions are their adrenaline is kicking in and this guy kept fighting them he was a big strong guy on drugs yet that was in 1991 in 1992 a year later when they found the four policemen innocent or at least didn't find them guilty of course in our in our society riots broke out well there is another name that as soon as I hear the name Rodney King I think of this man and his name was Reginald Denny do people recognize that name probably not as easily as Rodney King well now I'm a Rodney we Rodneys have a bad rap there's Rodney Rathbone from there's 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 Rodney Dangerfield and now I've got to live with Rodney King but uh, anyway I remember Rodney but I also remember Reginald Denny because reginald denny was the truck driver that got dragged out of his truck and beaten up and there happened to be a husband and wife team that was flying a helicopter and videoing this and then it it instantly went viral before the internet was even around and everybody was seeing this on live television this poor truck driver getting dragged out of his truck and beat up and beat mercilessly so now the reason i bring this up is that these four actually six men that participated in the beating of this man over the course of i don't know probably not more than 10 minutes uh, but they i think we can safely say are the wicked of our text and yet reginald denny he might have been a believer he might not i don't know he was certainly forgiving uh, the lead guy who later uh, was sentenced to prison for, for killing a drug dealer uh, who had served only, I think, a few years for what he did here. But the lead guy, the lead evil guy, the one that actually threw the cement that, that smashed Reginald's Denny head into like 93 fractures or whatever it was, um, that man, his mother was in court supporting him. And when the verdict was read and that man went to jail and just briefly actually i think he got time served because by that time he'd already been in jail but reginald denny went over to his mother and hugged her he doesn't even remember what happened he watches the video of it like all of us do he doesn't even remember that day of his life he was so near to death but yet even despite what he's witnessing and how it's messed him up i mean he's still messed up physically and yet, he just walked over and hugged her. So, see, I think of him as certainly a person that qualifies as the needy. He was the needy person in that situation. The police were right around the corner, and yet they were under orders not to go in. So I, I have no respect for the L.A. police chief that made that order. But four people that were sitting in their homes in the nearby community, they're watching it, they see it, it's right down the street they all went out, all four black people. And they all went out, and one of them was a truck driver. Reginald Denny had managed to crawl back into his truck and was trying to drive away, but he was dying. And so these people came out and actually helped him. They got up in the cab of his truck, and they're having to move him out of the way, and the truck driver, finally, he was not the first one to get in the truck. And so you had other people trying to help him that didn't know how to drive a truck. So then Reginald Denny was moved aside and this truck driver drove the truck away to safety. So the reason I bring all this up is, see, I knew people in L.A. I I came to the Lord in Southern California. I had a good friend that was from South L.A. where all this took place. And I was talking with one of my neighbors up north. And he was in the Air Force at the time. And he had absolutely no compassion on any of these people in L.A any of these lots of black people in South LA and I just took them to task for it I said oh you don't know these people I said for every person you see out here running around there are probably 20 cowering in their homes because they're afraid of what's going on and the police weren't even helping them but so these were the poor these poor were not out in the streets killing people they were not robbing stores they were hiding out they were waiting for this to pass So then you have the poor and the needy in this situation, and you also have the upright. You have these people that left their homes to help this man. I don't know if they were believers. But see, we see in this context lots of things going on, and people acting wickedly, and yet other people who aren't necessarily believers helping out, doing the right thing, because God has put it in their heart. They are made in his image after all. So now, they might not ever come to the Lord, but in that situation, they did the right thing. And so, I think that's what we see here. Now, there were five actions in our text, and this text is just so beautiful. There are five actions of these people in the text, and let me read them. The wicked plots, the wicked gnashes his teeth, the wicked draw their sword, and the, the wicked bend their bow. See, five of the actions... Four of them are from the wicked. They plot, they gnash their teeth, they draw their sword, they bend their bow. What is the only action here from anybody else? 13, the Lord laughs. It's the only action. God laughs at the, all, the, all these machinations of the wicked. So see, we might want to laugh with God But we are not God. We're not in a position to laugh. We're like the weakling who is deathly afraid of what's going on and we're cowering in fear. And yet God, who knows the end, who knows what's going to happen, he can laugh. He knows exactly what's going on. But we look to God for this. We can't experience this in and of ourselves because we don't have that power but yet God comforts us. He at least causes us not to be upset about this, not to fret over this, be anxious over this. So see, even though all the wicked are doing all these things, God laughs. And I want to make four more points, and this is again about the wicked. In verse 12, the wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. I believe this reflects the heart of the wicked. This is what's in their heart. Their heart is evil. Jesus told us that. Out of their wicked heart come these evil machinations. Two, the actions of the wicked. In verse 14, the wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow. So these are the actions of the wicked. Their actions are consistent with their evil heart. The aim of the wicked is in the rest of verse 14. To cast down the poor and needy. To slay those who are of upright conduct. So that is their aim. The aim of the wicked is to undo the good that they see, to fight against it. And it's regardless of whether it's being done by the Christians or the non-Christians that just behave morally. They just want to fight anybody who is for the good. That's their aim. They want to take down people who behave righteously. And then four, the end of the wicked. And the end of the wicked says, their swords shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. And so we see the end of the wicked. We see their heart, their actions, their aim, their end, their demise. So we are to not be anxious, and we covered that in recent weeks. So as God's children, we're to rest secure in the arms of God, who laughs at the wicked. So we must not fret and be anxious. That's not our role, nor is our role to laugh, I don't believe. Our role is to take confidence in our God, to understand that he will cause all things to be right in the end. And uh, Charles Spurgeon, in his commentary on this, said this. He cited uh, specifically Saul falling on his own sword. We've been, you know, having Pastor Kaiser preach through Saul and David, and we're about to get to that part. But uh, Saul asks his armor to, to kill him. The armor-bearer refuses, so Saul attempts to take his own life. His own sword, and that's what our text says. Their own swords shall slay them, shall pierce their own heart. You had Haman, who built that gallows for Mordecai and then is hung on them himself. You have Samson, who in his death took more of the Philistines out than he did throughout his life. So see, you have these illustrations of evil coming to these ignominious ends. All their plots coming to nothing. And Spurgeon said this, he says, why need we fret at the prosperity of the wicked? when they are so industriously ruining themselves. So see, they do not abide by the laws of harvest, but yet they will suffer the laws of harvest, just as the righteous suffer the bounty, they will suffer the want. So as we come to uh, celebrate the Lord's table, let's rest secure in the knowledge that our God laughs. And let me end by taking you to Psalm 2, because it also speaks about God laughing. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. So see, that goes a little farther. It talks about what God will do after his brief laughter ends. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your righteousness, for your mercy, and yet we also thank you for your justice. Uh, We know, Lord, that if we were to fall under your justice, we would be condemned, and yet you have made provision for your children. You have made provision for all, if only they would seek that And Father, we thank you for Christ. We thank you for his providing for us. We thank you for the uh, bread and the wine that symbolize his body and his blood. Lord, we stand before you justified and we praise your name because of it. In Christ's name and for his sake, amen.